No, wait. I was singing it as Kermit, but that was Gonzo's song. Oh, was it? I'm going to go back there someday. Yeah, that's better. And the home of the Welcome to episode 112 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And we're back, baby. And uh, I don't have anything clever to start off the show with. I don't know. 112 has no real significance to me. Uh, I, I have no, you know, pithy uh, or, or witty comments to make here. I just, uh, I'm, uh, you know what? Um, curveball. I'm just going to jump. Well, that's the wrong sport, but whatever. I'm going to jump right into the starting lineup to try and jumpstart this podcast. Give it a little bit of oomph. A little bit of, oh, there we are. Yeah, yeah, this is a little. Oh. Okay. You know what I mean. Anyway, so, oh, it's a family show. Shame on me. So, okay. <laughs> there it is. Anyway, for tonight's starting lineup. <laughs> just like that it's just that simple just drop right into it like nothing happened okay all right oh my goodness are you still there dear listener are you still have you if you're still listening we appreciate it yeah. <laughs> oh boy anyway so yes i will jump right into tonight's starting lineup just to get us started off and for tonight's starting lineup in goal as ever i am number 35 your american rhino gary mccomiskey and of course my steadfast co-host on defense number four i'm james sajazi yes sir all right how are you james I'm doing a lot better now, thank you. How about yourself? I'm okay. I I am I'm doing pretty well. And right here, right right at the top of the podcast, I hope other people are doing well with this storm, Hurricane Florence coming in specifically, but by no means limited to our friends down in Charlotte and Raleigh, and you know everyone down there, everyone who supported the podcast, and and not just them, but really anyone. We we I don't know how hard your areas are going to be hit, but Whatever you wind up facing, I, I, you know, I sincerely and I I know I speak on behalf of James as well. Like if it looks like it's going to be nasty and, you know, you're you're debating whether or not to stay or to evacuate, evacuate because, you know, you're more important than your stuff. Like we want you to stay around. So err on the side of caution, this kind of stuff. Truly, you don't want to err on the wrong side of this. So from from us to everyone in that region, really, just uh, hunker down and 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 our, our prayers and our thoughts and, and our you know hopes and what have you are, are with you. So there you go. That's a nice, nice, solemn note to kick off the podcast. No, you're absolutely right. And amen to that. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of speak from experience, too, where we had some nasty weather come in and, and really uproot a lot of good people in uh in the new york area so you're absolutely right gary be careful and, and don't get lulled into too because we're getting the news up here in new york about what's going on in the carolinas and so on that uh was knocked down from a category four to a category two hurricane don't let that fool you that still means that it's going to be really nasty if it's a tropical storm what happened in houston last year that i think that was just called a tropical storm as opposed to hurricane so yeah please uh, be safe be well and Fingers crossed, hopes and prayers, and hope everything is okay. I mean, you just saw uh, saw what happened in, in Puerto Rico. They still haven't recovered from that. So just you know, right. like don't take chances. That's that's really all we're saying. Not to not to preach here on the podcast, but don't take stupid chances. That's all. Yeah, we care about you guys and girls. So please take care of yourselves. And and Gary's right. Uh, it's not worth losing your life over saving your stuff. If something happens to you, who's going to stroke our egos? I mean, yeah, you know, I think we, really that's the important thing to keep sight of here on the podcast. We really have to protect our fans because otherwise 
nobody's going to tell us how great we are and how great the podcast is. So, you know, we have a vested interest in this. Yeah, I mean, particularly Kevin and Lou, such great, great guys and mm -hmm. uh, excellent guests and all that they've done for deck hockey and beyond. That just goes to show you what kind of good people and they represent their North Carolina brethren very well. And we want to make sure that they're safe and, and sound. And hopefully by the weekend, they'll be playing deck and this whole thing would just blow over and go out to the sea and not harm anybody. So that's hopefully the best case scenario. And uh, again, fingers crossed and, and good luck. Yes, sir. All right. Well, there's nothing else we can do. So, uh, you know, let's just hope for the best and move on. So what else is going on, James? It's been a week since I've talked to you. Yeah, just to, to get one other uh, sad elephant out of the room, uh, it was this, speaking of New York, you know, September 11th just passed. Oh, true. This past week, and that's always very, very rough, particularly when it falls on a Tuesday, because that's when September 11th actually happened in 2001. It was a Tuesday. Mm, and reliving all of those, yeah, horrible memories and and nightmare and so on and so forth. It's amazing that it was 17 years ago. Sometimes you feel like it was just yesterday. Other times you feel like, gosh, it was a lifetime ago. But to all the firemen and police and, and the first responders and obviously all of the victims and their families and, you know, God bless you all. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's rough, but I'm glad that it's behind us again, but it's more important that we never forget. And uh, hopefully that that'll never ever anything like that will ever happen again. But, you know, it's something that, which is amazing, too, that the History Channel and, and other channels on uh, cable, I, I appreciate that they have a new special every year of uh, victims telling their stories, people that have survived and, and the unbelievable nightmare that they went through and somehow they got out. And it makes you think about the 3000 people that didn't, and including the Pentagon and those brave people in Pennsylvania as well. So. It just really makes you appreciate life and, and don't take it for granted. And um, especially your loved ones, like that saying, don't go uh, to bed mad or anything like that. Don't hold grudges and whatnot. Life is precious. And, you know, I, I appreciate just on another level that like Gary with this podcast and his friendship and things like that, you know, is just appreciated. And it's OK to tell people that you love them and that they, they mean a lot to you. And that's what life is all about. So it's not like you're not macho or anything like that because it could be taken from you immediately. So that's all. But uh, yeah, let's let's uh, brighten things up. But how, how is your week otherwise, American Rhino? Oh, otherwise, uh, fine. Well, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I can't say otherwise, really. I can't think of anything. I mean, school is back in session. And not yes. that I go to school, but it affects my commute. So <laughs> uh, I'm a little grumpy about that. But I, I suppose, you know, the kids have to learn. So it's just something that I have to uh, kind of grin and bear. But uh, otherwise, yeah, pretty routine stuff over here in the Rhino homestead. Yeah, sorry that you guys got rained out on Sunday, too. You were supposed to play. The LIQ was supposed to play. Oh, yeah. I don't think we had enough guys anyway. So it, it, it's okay. That's, yeah. I mean, I probably could have used the week off to heal up and, and repair the old body anyway. So, it you know, blessing in disguise, I suppose. Okay, cool. You know, one thing that I did do recently and... Uh, <laughs> As we kind of spoke a little bit about on the podcast, it was my birthday a few weeks ago. And as you know, if you're friends with me on Facebook, which statistically speaking, you probably aren't. But, you know, if you are, you may have seen my post on my wall that I got Lego Voltron from my parents as a birthday present. And I put it together. It was five Lego lions that assemble to form lego voltron and it looks like a massive maybe one and a half time sized version of the diecast metal figure voltron figure that i had when i was a kid and it's just incredible and now it stands proudly atop my entertainment center in my living room and i'm looking at it right now and it makes me happy and it makes me smile each and every time i look at it it's just the detail is incredible and it's just, uh, it's amazing. It really is just a remarkable piece. So thank you to my parents for, for the gift. And uh, I, 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 I am going to continue to enjoy it for quite a while. Well earned and well deserved, my friend. Thank you. 
I mean, he's hold he's standing there. He's holding blazing sword. It came with the uh, that shield that the original Voltron figure came with that nobody really? used because it wasn't in the cartoon. And right. I'm not using it either, but it's in the box. <laughs> and oh, it's mm, yes. it sounds like yeah, it really sounds extraordinary that they just designed it beautifully. That there's something that I mean, how many times growing up or whatever the case is, you always thought, oh, this should have been that, or they should have done this, but. They nailed it 100%, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it really is. It's huge. And it's uh, you can tell that this thing was designed by a real fan or a, a team of real fans. Because one of the booklets that, like in Lego instruction booklets, that it comes with details a lot about the process and the people who designed it and what have you. So you can tell that they were really invested and they really dug it. Yeah, because I can't get over... Your skill level is uh, is astonishing, but the fact that you're putting the Lego pieces together to form the lions, which then transform and connect to form Boltron itself, mm -hmm. it just it's mind blowing. It's one of probably one of the greatest toys of all time, and I, I think I dare say I think the Lego version may be better than the original version, just because of the mechanics that go into it and the fact that you can build it yourself, but really remarkable. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know why you keep attributing such skill to me. I just follow detailed instructions. I've been putting together Lego sets for more than 30 years. You know, it's really just looking at the picture and doing what it shows in the picture. Like it's, it's thank you, but it didn't take any great level of skill on my part to do that. All right. But I know I certainly couldn't have done it. So <laughs> I tap my stick to you, sir. All right. I mean, one advantage it does have over the original Voltron toy is that since it is not made of die-cast metal, it is slightly less heavy, and you are considerably less likely to get major cuts and, uh, you know, injuries due to playing with it. You know what? It's funny you should say that, because I, I remember pinching my finger quite a few times. Mm -hmm. And just brushing it off because it was Voltron. Sure. Like, all right, I deserve that. I wasn't. I wasn't careful <laughs> enough. <so. laughs> I can. I can even imagine. Uh, I can even picture how you did it. I'm. I'm guessing it was when you were rotating the like shoulders of Black Lion to go from Lion mode to Voltron. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds that's, about right. Yeah, mm -hmm. it did. When, when you said that, it just it really jogged the memory. So that's pretty mm -hmm. pretty astounding. Well, I mean, that's you know that. <laughs> that you know you're not alone let's say okay. those those injuries were not unique to you okay good <laughs> awesome stuff man oh just one other thing i can brag about real quick and i promise we'll get to some hockey very soon but one other birthday gift for my folks that i i just want to mention is uh also hearkening back to my childhood around the same time is uh, I don't know if you're familiar, James, or if you, the listener, are familiar with the Nintendo Switch has, and I guess the 3DS system as well, but Nintendo has these things called Amiibo, which are uh, basically statues of their characters and, and things, but they have like RFID chips in them, so you can scan them and it'll do something in the game as well so you scan it into like there's a, a scanner built into the switch and you just place the figure over it and it reads it and then it puts something in the game whether it's like a loot box or a special character depending on what game you're playing and what figure you're scanning or what have you so i don't much go in for these amiibo like the games that they were originally designed for i didn't have and you know i, I don't really have any great need for them but i saw one that i really wanted and i got it it's the original nes nintendo entertainment system from 1985 came with something called rob the robot operating buddy it was Get this little robot and it was kind of dumb because they only ever made two games that he worked with and basically he had two claw arms and he could like pick things up and put them down right um and, and kind of turn side to side. So there was really very little use for him, but the design was really cool. And, and I always loved the concept of him, even if it wasn't very practical. So I noticed they have a Rob Amiibo. So I now have a Rob Amiibo sitting in my living room as well. That's extraordinary. The only time I've ever seen that was on the commercial. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know anybody who ever even knew anybody who had one. That's, 
Wow. I lived a charmed childhood. I had a lot of these gimmicky Nintendo things that never really took off. Hey, you know, that's the uh, mother of all inventions. Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. So The power like... glove, the power pad. Gosh, holy moly. The virtual boy. I don't know that one. Oh, oh you don't, you're not acquainted with the virtual boy. Oh, no. well, you, you missed out, my friend. Let me tell you. <laughs> the virtual boy was this... I don't remember exactly when it was released, probably somewhere around 1992, give or take mm -hmm. a year. Well, actually, no, it may have been a little later than that. When did I? No, we moved in 97. So maybe it was closer to 95. It's probably closer to 95 huh. or thereabouts. But anyway, so the, the Virtual Boy was Nintendo's stab at a virtual reality headset. It was red and it looked like a giant. Um, one of those uh, like Viewmaster things, you know, the 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 red things yep. with the clicky wheel and the the like, basically the cycle slides back and forth. Yeah, you know. Now you're speaking is. my language, right? Yeah. yeah. So it looked like a giant one of that, but it was so heavy that even though it was designed originally to be worn on the head, it was so heavy that any child who tried to put it on their head would have developed like neck damage. So it had a little <laughs> wire stand that it sat on, and you. You put your face in it, and it wasn't so much virtual reality as it was 3D. And it was convincing 3D, but the problem was that everything was just a red wireframe. Hmm. Like the whole the ev the whole thing was just red. That was the only color. It was red and black. <laughs> that black was the negative space, and it also automatically shut itself off after half an hour, so that you didn't get eye strain. So I'm curious if they should have just made like the Terminator because the T-800, that's I think that's how he saw everything yeah. was basically infrared. Yeah, but. fair. I think it only had like eight games and I think I, we only had one of them. Mario <laughs> Tennis. Well, that's one more game than that it came anybody with. else I know. Yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was. I think I enjoyed it a lot more than most people did. But <laughs> looking back, it was too far ahead of its time to be mm. really effective and, and really, you know, really work. But, you know, now uh, now I look at my PlayStation VR, which my wife got me a while ago for my anniversary, and it's the same basic premise, which is to say a virtual reality headset, and it's like just the difference between night and day. It really is. It's just it's mind-blowing when I think of how far this technology has come. And actually, speaking of the PlayStation VR, one thing that I have been eagerly anticipating with bated breath Something we mentioned on the podcast many moons ago is the goalie VR system, which, as you may recall when we talked about it on the podcast, is a system which basically makes you a virtual goalie. And I said that I would play, like, all the time as a training kind of tool. And actually, somewhere, I'm going to say April, I think, Goalie VR announced that they would be coming soon for the PlayStation VR. Well, it is now October, and they have still not announced any information <laughs> coming out for that system. It has long been out for the HTC Vive, or however you pronounce that, and the... What's the other one? James, what's the other VR headset that's like the, the computer one? No, it's not the Vive. It's the, uh, the Oculus Rift. It's been out for that one, I believe, but no sign of PlayStation. Not a not a peep about it. And you know what? That was one of the things I was most looking forward to about this system. And I can't play. I can't play. So I'm going to say, Goalie VR, I'm calling you out. The American Rhino is calling you out. I want to play some pretend hockey. And that'll work out for the on-deck, too, because there's something that involves PlayStation. So hopefully when they get this huge game that they're releasing, that they will wake up and have something even cooler, I think, and get the goalie VR on their system. Well, since it's been like 20 minutes, maybe we should get into that on-deck, James. What do you think? All right. Hey, that was a great segue, so uh, let's not ruin it. All right. Well, then, right from the horse's mouth. Okay. So in that case, James... Would you be so kind as to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? I'd be happy to, but I need an assist from you, please. All right. I'll do whatever I can. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. EA Sports. It's in the game. EA Sports NHL 19 releases worldwide today. 
If you haven't picked it up yet, the American Rhino and I have some good reasons why you'll want to. Grow the game! Gary and I have shared many great stories about how much the Arizona Coyotes have been doing for deck. Here's an article that highlights what the Coyotes are doing for all of hockey. Not bad for a team that was bankrupt. And slow the game. We first brought this story up of the Kingsbridge Armory Ice Center plans way back in HTD 11. Just to give you an idea of how truly inefficiently things go here in good old New York, there has been no actual progress since April of 2016. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. That sounds like a riveting topic. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, thank you for reminding me about it, too, by the way. Inertia, or lack thereof, for the (laughs) win, or lack thereof. There you go. But yeah, if you're listening to this podcast today and you already picked up on HL19, thank you for taking some time out of playing that video game to listen to the podcast. But the cool thing about EA is as long as they've been around making hockey and football and baseball games and stuff... They always give you reasons, which is probably the bane of every parent, to buy the latest edition. And there are always fantastic reasons to do so. So they they spare no expense when it comes to hockey. I'm just going to just interject here, James. You thanked the listener for pausing, playing long enough to listen to the podcast. Is Doc Emmerich still doing commentary for these things? If so, I posit that you don't have to stop playing to listen to the podcast. You can just mute the game and listen to the podcast. It might even be a better experience that way. Excellent advice. Yeah, I've read some uh, reviews on on NHL 19, and for the most part, they've been glowing. But there was one, I think it was in Forbes, I believe I read it, that one nitpicky thing about the play-by-play is, for example, and, and please, I'm very sorry, Islander fans. I'm not doing this to rub it in by any means. But they mentioned that Emmerich only has a select few names of hockey players that he actually calls out. Mm-hmm. And, Let's see. Uh, like, Crosby, Malkin. Exactly. Uh, maybe Ovechkin. Right. Crosby again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Does Crosby Malkin. have any? <laughs> does Crosby have any siblings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that you, you nailed it right on the head. So they even use those players specifically. Um, Cause I guess it goes with NBC too, because they're always, and okay, I understand the penguins are popular. They're great. Obviously uh, Stanley cup contention and they won a couple back to back recently and so on and so forth. And forgive me, Lou, I know that you're a Pittsburgh fan too. We're not looking to make any enemies here, but they do go with the penguins pretty often and hot and heavy. And they do that in the game, too. So I don't know if it's just Mike Emmerich being programmed to be the good little robot that he is. And, uh, you know, hey, he's a Ranger hater, so i got to get that in there, too. But uh, but they were mentioning that they didn't go so far as other superstars' names to be mentioned, such as John Tavares, who is a superstar. And now that he's going to Toronto, and, and much to our chagrin of New York hockey fans— that uh, they haven't bothered to put his name in even still. So there's a little thing for you. But yeah, you're right. Just mute mute the game. You don't need to hear the commentating and because especially that's repetitive and not too up to date and so on and so forth. So you can uh, just save yourself the trouble of, of having that um, headache of Mike Emmerich screaming in your ear and yelling ricochet a thousand times. Waffle boards in a way. Yeah, uh, I, I forget. I'm pretty sure that we mentioned this on the podcast a few years ago or so. But if you want to, for the adults out there, if you want to have a drinking game and let's say your hockey team isn't doing too well, so you need to have a belt here or two, watch a Mike Emmerich game and take a sip of beer or whatever. Every time he says ricochet, guaranteed you will be hammered halfway through the first period. Drive and it's out of play. Yeah, knifed and instead of calling it the slot he calls it the seam and and what the 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 cage instead of the goal or the the net i don't know i just uh whatever and and apologies to super fan uh sue Uh, you know i know that he was the devil guy for a long time and all due respect there but we're just stepping on many toes here in this podcast in this case the devil you know is worse than the devil you don't right so yeah hockey season's right around the corner because we're already talking smack and Speaking of which, before we get back into the uh, EA Sports game, Mm. preseason kicks off this weekend, and over in China, 
the Bruins are taking on the Flames. So if you want to get up around 2 a.m. Eastern time, watch it live. Uh, I don't know if it's on TV here in the States, but maybe you could find it online somewhere. I imagine it would be. I, I, you know, I wouldn't, even if it's on the NHL network. Yeah, I'm sure it's an NHL game. It's an international game. Those are usually big deals. I'm sure they're broadcasting it. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm not sure, Gary, off the air, you mentioned if that might be in the EA Sports game too. I'm not sure because it's really realistic to the point where they have the actual schedules in there. So maybe. I do know that they have the outdoor games and stuff like that, but if you have a preseason Maybe you could kick it off in China, too. So the NHL has done a really great job of that over the last few years, spreading the game around the world and, and opening up in Europe and in Asia and, and other points of the globe. But at this point, we here at the Hit the Deck podcast cannot confirm that it's in the game. Very good. What we do know, and this is news to me, they call it the world of Chell. Mm-hmm. I thought it was C-H-E-L. I was curious what that stood for. I don't know what that stands for. Or I believe Chell sh- is the name of the main character in Portal. I'm sure it has nothing to do with that, but that's the only Chell that I know. Okay, well, maybe he's a hockey fan. Maybe she, he knows actually. Rod- yeah, maybe he knows Rod Hockey, too. No, no, no. She. Chell is a she. Oh, I'm sorry. Pardon me. Sorry. She's a lady female. Excuse me. <laughs> But great, now I offended all the female hockey players and fans. Yay. Yeah, James, get with the program. <laughs> Good gravy. Can't make those assumptions, James. This is 2018. Get uh, woke. Oh, boy. All right. Anyway. Um, Hashtag so, she too. Yeah. The cows are already coming after me so because I was offending cows and milk and almond milk, or which is now almond juice now, apparently. I don't know. Yeah. Anyhow, I have it on good authority that women do have nipples. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I read that in a book somewhere. Uh Uh-huh. If you don't understand that reference, go back and listen to last week's episode. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Instead of just uh, blowing a whistle on us or coming after us. Or no, actually, I think that was two episodes ago. I think that was 110 that we talked about that because we were talking about cows and the fair and that that was. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. So episode 110, if you don't get the reference. Thank you for clarifying sure. very much. I don't think John and Nolan talked at all about no. that. Oh. So yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyhow, so the world of Chell right? is pretty in depth and extraordinary. You literally start off on the ponds and work your way up, and you could go as far as I don't think it's the NHL proper, but I think it's the EA version of the virtual NHL. So you can make up your own character, and you play from the get go, and you graduate. You keep getting better. You get rewards and you can make your own uniforms and your own look and customize this that and the other thing really remarkable and the better you play the better your player is and then that's how he or she can progress to the next level all the way to the top and uh there's a lot of versions of it too where you can they call it a one versus one versus one where it's like a quarter of the rink and you just play one-on-one against a defenseman and then you have the goalie to beat And that's how you can hone your skills and you can come up with new plays and and stick handle and progress from there. And then you can play and you can do a pro-am as well, which is pretty fantasy come true. Another great feature of the new NHL 19 is that they have 200 NHL legends in the game. And if you have the game, we would love to know some of the 200, if not all of them, because the NHL, obviously, after last year celebrating its 100th anniversary, named the greatest players of all time. So we got to imagine that list is on there. So you're talking Gretzky and Hull and Howe and Vezina and Lemieux and, and Lord knows who else is out there. So you can play on the ponds against these guys and they're not in their uniforms. It's like they're just in jackets and regular clothes and stuff, you know, as opposed to being in their Edmonton jersey or Blackhawks jersey or whatever the case is where they're that much more intimidating. But that sounds pretty amazing. So, James, this just in. This just in. I just looked it up, and apparently, Chell is uh, just kind of a quick shortening of NHL. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like NHL. Good stuff. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I think it's dumb, but, you know, that's just me. Okay. Hey, we're a little old fashioned, so that, that's fine. The opinions uh-huh. of this reporter do not necessarily reflect those of the Hit the Deck podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty, okay. Thank you for explaining that. Mm-hmm. Now it makes sense. Don't thank me. Another, thank Google. Okay. Thank you, Google. Another cool thing is that they have something called RPM Tech, which helps you 
to skate realistically where you can have explosive edge skating and uh, cut, stop, do these crazy things that the real NHLers can do. So that's pretty remarkable. They also redid the hitting and checking where that's a little bit more realistic, where you could line a guy up and really knock him into the boards and shake the boards as opposed to just any old hit where in games past you hit a guy and it's like, okay, but if you really want to rock him, sock him, you can do that. Like the board shaking, bone rattling hit. And they got those in the modern NHL 19 as well. Excellent. You know, with this new uh, Chell mode, I have to say, I think they're going in the right direction. And it gives me hope between the arcade mode that they had in the last couple of years and now this pond hockey mode, it gives me hope that eventually we'll get uh, maybe one day to a roller hockey mode and then hopefully they'll get all the way back to their roots and we'll get some deck hockey or some good old-fashioned street hockey. Amen, brother. So that'll be like NHL 25, but we'll get there. I believe I believe we'll get there. Awesome. I you believe. listening EA? What? I was just asking EA if they were listening. Are you listening, EA? Are you listening? It'd be cool if you were. <laughs> I don't know if they would have gotten past that intro, but if they still are, then... Uh, <laughs> thank you! Oh, yeah. Mike Emmerich? Oh! <laughs> yeah. And I'm getting looks from my wife. Good, now it's an official podcast. Yep. It's not a podcast unless my wife looks at me strangely. (laughs) It isn't hit the deck until she wonders why she married me. (laughs) And if you need to get away, a great place to go is Arizona. Oh, look at that transition. (laughs) Look at that transition. This man is a pro. (laughs) That was a thing of beauty, James. Oh, I love that transition. Thank you. So, yeah, we, uh, we we brought up Arizona a few times in, in podcast past because of the great job that they've done in the world of deck hockey, where they've actually built deck hockey rinks specifically for deck hockey itself. And this article, which was posted on the Associated Press, written by Norm Hall, which just came out in the end of August, is highlighting all that the Arizona Coyotes have done for the world of hockey since their inception in 1996 when they moved from Winnipeg to become the Phoenix Coyotes at the time. So just to give it a little perspective, back in 1996, according to this article, and and it's obviously based on fact that hockey was considered a niche sport in Arizona. Of course, that makes sense to me because Arizona is a very dry, warm climate. And obviously hockey, NHL, it's on the ice indoors. So that kind of doesn't go hand in hand, but still, they uh, saw it through. So at the time, in 1996, there were only a couple of thousand players in the entire state that were registered hockey players, and there were only three ice rinks in the whole state in 1996. So fast forward to now, thanks to superstar Austin Matthews and others, that the state of Arizona has become one of the fastest-growing hockey markets that has an NHL team in North America, which is pretty remarkable. No, it's great. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because Arizona is the desert, and I imagine it's you know not as easy to maintain an ice surface there as it would be in some cooler weather areas, at least consistently year-round. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's insurmountable. Obviously, they can do it, but in those kind of areas, hockey is not like... A natural fit, I guess, when you think about sports that people will kind of grow up playing, given what they're surrounded by. So the fact that the popularity of the Coyotes and the popularity of just hockey generally in the area has grown to such a level that now it warrants this many ice hockey rinks and and to say nothing of of the the non-ice rinks. This is, you know, it it really is a great sign of the growth and popularity of the game. Yeah, and, and another remarkable thing, too, was pretty recently the uh, the Coyotes had to file for bankruptcy, and the NHL itself took over the franchise. So there was a time there where it looked like they were going to leave and go somewhere else or just fade away. And uh, one of the most remarkable comebacks, period, just for the franchise itself, 
And only in the past five years that they've done so much to grow the popularity of hockey that the statistics quoted in this article is that uh, hockey registration has increased 109%, and that's just over the last five years. There are almost 9,000 players listed right now in Arizona, and Arizona is the number one state for growth in the NHL overall. Hmm. It, yeah, Arizona is the third highest for youth hockey growth over the past five years. It's at 88% now, and they're at about uh, 4,500 players. And for the girls out there, and I hope to make amends from my little error before, it is number one in girls' hockey growth, up 152% to almost 1,000 female players now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, and this is just somebody speaking as somebody who's never been to Arizona, but I will say that even though it gets very hot there, I guess the fact that they probably have little to no humidity is very nice. You know, I mean, this is necessarily a hockey thing so much as just a general sports and exertion thing. But yeah, I, I as a goalie, I really can't say enough about the lack of humidity being a, a benefit. <laughs> as as we've complained about on the podcast in recent weeks, I hate that humidity by cracky. It's always so hot and wet and it ruins everything. As we've whined about lately, humidity is uh, is is a difficult difficult thing to deal with sometimes humidity is a cruel mistress so if you don't have to deal with that then more power to you yeah totally and that makes sense too uh, and because with the heat people are used to air conditioning and being indoors anyway in arizona so if you're going to be indoors you might as well play some hockey you'll cool off and, and have fun at the same time yeah so uh the american rhino has used that to his advantage very brilliantly over summers past where we'll go to the world ice arena in Queens and uh, have a few laps in the ice hockey rink while outside it's seething. So that's another benefit of ice hockey and, and which kind of makes sense for Arizona too. Yeah. And I, between Arizona and Vegas, hockey in the desert is becoming kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's very true. Good point. I mean, I, it's, it's not something that I, you know, five years ago that I would have expected to be the case. And that just goes to show, you know, that that's that's one on me. Can't make those kind of assumptions. And, you know, I'm glad that these areas have embraced it. It's it's awesome. It really is. You know, you, you I guess you can't discount. You shouldn't discount anything or write anything off just because of the area that, that it's in. You can't you can't write people off like that. So that's a life lesson for me. And for you. Thank you. Very well said. And it's totally true. And, and it's a perfect example of what the uh, Coyotes have been able to do in just a short amount of time as well. And at the end of the article, we'll definitely 100% back up what the American Rhino just said. So the Coyotes have done so much to donate as well that they said they've donated more than 2,100 sets of hockey equipment to youth, adult, special needs, and sled hockey programs in just over the last five years. Remarkable. You know, I don't think that's a coincidence either. The, the growth of the sport with the philanthropy of Arizona. Because you give people the means to play a sport, they're going to play a sport. You know, if, if they don't have the means, especially sport like hockey, we've talked about this before, Hockey, generally speaking, has a pretty high barrier to entry. And that's uh, obviously one of the benefits of deck hockey is that you don't have quite so high uh, uh, you know, requirement list to, in terms of equipment. But that's kind of aside from the point. But, you know, hockey is an expensive sport to play. And if you give people the means to play it, then you're giving them an automatic reason to play it and you're kind of giving them baked in interest in the game. So the fact that they've made this investment and it's paying off really, I think, should be a wake-up call for the rest of the country, It just in my opinion. I agree 100%. Very well said. Because especially for a team that was bankrupt, to be that generous and, and give so much Exactly. They, they are really given till it hurts and, and it's really paid off dividends. And, and I agree with you 100 percent, American Rhino, like what they're doing in Pittsburgh, too, is that you promote it. And OK, yeah, it, it takes money to make money, 
but hopefully that not only will fans come and buy your jerseys and go to games and support you and watch on TV and all this other great stuff, but you're honing, you're planting the seeds for future NHLers and future hockey players, Olympians and boy, girl, whatever. It's, it's really fantastic. And that's why they love the game and why it can be grown and, and offered to people because it's such a wonderful game and, and you take away the uh, prejudices against it. Like, oh, a lot of people think, oh, it's just Canadian or, oh, it's too rough and you're going to get beat up and you lose your teeth and blah, blah, blah. No, you, you wear a helmet, you wear a, a mouth guard, you play in leagues that don't check and away you go, you know? So it, it's really very doable. It's not something that's insurmountable and okay, fine, maybe you have to spend a little money to do it, but Hopefully that uh, with tax write-offs or whatever the case is and, and the benefits of uh, – it's just advertising. you know. Instead of wasting money on the Super Bowl or a billboard, you're getting your direct fan base right there. So going right to the source, which is pretty brilliant too. That is a great point actually because you know you, you put up a billboard and people drive past it and they're like, oh, yeah, hockey, whatever. But you put a hockey stick in somebody's hand, they're going to enjoy the sport, and they're going to be like, hey, I like playing this. I want to see how the pros play. You know, maybe if I watch them, maybe I'll get better. Absolutely. The Coyotes have also donated $300,000 to local rinks to improve facilities and donated more than 12,000 jerseys to programs across the state as well. And what really got on our radar about this is that they built four deck hockey rinks in the state over the last two years alone. We love that. Can't get enough of that. The president and CEO of the Coyotes, Aaron Cohen, is quoted as saying, as we view this as a community asset, that's my vision for leadership of this team. And that's exactly what the American Rhino and I were talking about, is that there you go. I mean, you're leading by example. You're, you're going right to the source and eliminating the middleman and it's really, I think, uh, the any sport should do this. You know, baseball, people are complaining that, oh, it's not as popular as it used to be and whatever. But, you know, the NHL is always, at least in this country, has always had to uh, fight a little bit harder for the attention of the uh, big four when you're talking about baseball, basketball, and, and football. Hockey's up there. Even NASCAR has uh, really got its foot in the door as well in popularity and, and, and so on and so forth. So the NHL has really done great. And I think I speak on behalf of American Rhino too, that Arizona is a wonderful example as to what you can do to grow the game. Yes, and, uh, definitely. At, at its best. To reprise what I would term a, a deleted bit from a previous podcast, they built this city. They built this city on stick and ball. And speaking of rise in talent, that uh, homegrown Arizonians, if that's a term, that made it to the NHL, Shane Doan, Ray Whitney, Derek Morris, and Keith Carney. And of course, uh, arguably the best of them all and the overall number one pick in the NHL draft very recently, a couple of years ago, Austin Matthews yeah. from Arizona. Yeah, which is pretty remarkable. So I, I think, again, there is the fruit of their labor and that's a reward in and of itself for the popularity of hockey in the state of Arizona. Well, grow the game, pay dividends. That's yep. re really what it is. You widen the interest in people, you widen the number of skilled athletes that are going to play the game, and you get better athletes playing the game. Perfectly said. And it doesn't stop at the men either. The women, the Olympic silver medalist, Lindsay Fry, is born and raised in Arizona. Yes, and she, uh, she has a similar impact on girls hockey in the state. And, and that's what she says, that it shows that we have kids who want to play hockey. And that's what Gary was saying before is you show them the game, you, you introduce it to them and maybe they'll fall in love with it. So just you give them a chance at least. And that's great. I mean, you got Olympic silver medalists, you got superstars in the NHL from the state and it should only get better and better from here on in. You know, it's like they say, you give a man a stick, he'll play for a day. You teach a man to stick and the metaphor collapses. <laughs> stick handle? 
uh, forget it. Just go on. Okay. Go on without me. This one let no, we need you. (laughs) And uh, Coyote's director of hockey development, Matt Schott, I think, which is a great name for hockey. His quote is that it's not just some fourth line scrub. It's a top line player in the hockey mecca. So Madison Square Garden? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's only, what, about 3,000 miles away or so. But the the point is that in Arizona, they're looking to build superstars, not just some uh, goon or something like that. Yeah. No, that's good. That's obviously that's great. Yeah. So way to go, Arizona. We love you. And uh, hopefully that other states and and cities follow your lead here in America. Yeah. Unfortunately, one place that is not expanding hockey and and growing the game is New York. (laughs) Here in our our stomping grounds here in New York. Yeah, American Rhino, if you wouldn't mind taking the lead on this one. Well, as you recall, this is a deep cut. Way, 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 way back, just over 100 episodes ago, in fact, in episode 11, we were talking to you. We I remember doing this story. I remember telling you all about the Kingsbridge Armory, which is an old, you know, armory for uh, like a National Guard armory here in New York. And it was, you know, like a hundred year old building or whatever. And it had fallen into disuse and there was a plan to revitalize it. Mark Messier, among others, was spearheading a plan to make it into like the largest ice hockey or at least ice rank facility in the world with it was going to be like nine ranks in the building and you know it was crazy so this this plan was on the table and they were all set to go forward and then they their funding kind of i don't know if it dried up but it kind of hit a standstill it hit a wall so they ran into a deadline where it was basically okay if you can't secure this funding by X date, then we're going to cancel the project and, and we're going to go in another direction with this building. And it looked like it wasn't going to happen. And then at the last minute, I guess they were able to secure that funding. And so they were like, okay, no, we've got it. We can go ahead with it. And then nothing has happened. <laughs> Summed up very nicely. That That just really goes to show you what politics are all about here in New York. But hopefully City is going to come to the aid, which they've done great things for the New York Mets too, where, uh, you know, Shea Stadium 10 years ago, gosh, it's, it's been gone. But the oh. new stadium for the Mets, their home is City Field. So, uh, yes, uh, American Rhino's putting his hand to his heart. I'm and, and looking up that. at my, my framed picture of Shea Stadium as I do it. It's, it's uh, oh, Oh, you've been Sorry. gone for 10 years now. Oh, Shay. Oh, I miss you, Shay. It was a yeah. dump, but it was our dump. Hey. I love that building. Oh, well, and thanks no. to, yeah. I work there. You look up at the ceiling and it looked like it was going to come crashing down at any given time. It, it was it had fallen into disrepair, but it was ours. <laughs> it was home. And I miss it. Yeah, I amen to that. So anyway, City has now come in to put some bids in to fund it, the Kingsbridge Armory, and we'll see what happens from here. But yeah, that I mean that that was two years ago. So if if everything goes according to plan now, if everybody's happy that palms are being greased and and money is being thrown about, that this could open by the year 2022, I think. Yeah, 2022. But that's if everything goes smoothly. So in New York terms, that means maybe 3022 it'll open up. <laughs> Well, no. I mean, it depends on who's getting involved. If the right developer gets involved, then it'll go up one, two, three. It's just a matter of, of who's interested in this and who's going to stand to make money off of it. But uh, yeah, so that's your rebound shot from, uh, <laughs> you know, 100 episodes ago. And uh, there you go. That, that they, You're all caught up. And we will keep you posted as things develop. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thanks, Pops. Okay, so, oh, man, that doesn't feel like it's been almost an hour, but it has. Imagine that. At least it doesn't feel like it to me. Your mileage may vary. But thank you for listening to another episode of Hit the Deck. Thanks for sticking with us through another one. Thank you to Pops for being the voice of the podcast. Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music and the LIQ for sound effects. 
we would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast if you have not already done so. You can do that at Podbean or on Apple Podcast or Stitcher or any number of podcasting outlets. We would encourage you to subscribe so you do not miss a single episode of this wonderful podcast. And I have a leg to stand on as it being a wonderful podcast because I actually I want to thank Van Edge, whoever you are, for leaving us a review in iTunes. And according to Van Edge, we did an awesome job or do an awesome job. So thank you, Van. And I, I, I don't think it's the former wrestler Edge, who is one of my favorite wrestlers. But, you know, I guess it, it, it could be maybe Edge's van. I don't know if he drives a van, but, you know, uh, wh- whoever you are, thank you. We really appreciate the review. And there's been other kind of star ratings that we've gotten. And our podcast is currently sitting at a four and a half out of five. So, you know, that's not nothing. And I hope that we can continue to improve the quality of this podcast to uh, raise those three and four star reviews up to the full five and continue to deliver an enjoyable experience and worthwhile experience to you, the listener, every single week. So, if you haven't already and you feel like you want to throw us a review, it would really, really help us out if you could go on to iTunes and, uh, or Apple Podcasts now, I guess it is, and just you know pull up, hit the deck, and leave us a review, whatever you think is fair. We would really appreciate it. One other thing we would really appreciate is if you would check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Hit the Deck Podcast. And if you want to get in touch with us, if you have a topic that you want us to address here on the podcast, if you have some feedback to something we talked about, really, if there's anything that you want to just say to us, any kind of feedback you want to give us at all, please feel free to reach out to us at hit the deck. Deck is D-E-K. Hit the deck at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at hit the deck pod. You can get us on Facebook and Instagram at hit the deck. And, you know, we would love to hear from you. So that being said, James, is there anything else that you would care to add to this podcast? Now, again, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, hopefully that Hurricane Florence will just go out into the Atlantic and not harm anybody. So best of luck, everybody that is in the wake of that uh, hurricane or tropical storm or wherever it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Stay safe, guys. And while you are staying safe, I would remind you always to remember that whether you are playing pond hockey on your television or whether you are playing deck hockey in the desert, whether you are trying to build the world's largest ice rink facility or whether you're just making grunting noises on a podcast like an idiot. Regardless of what you happen to be doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. I love when you just let it go and you be yourself. and Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Don't sue us, please, Disney, please. I deserve that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs>